it's not weird at all because we join with you in prayers for an end to war. Amen? Amen. I'm so glad you did that. And I want to say, you know, something else that Peter did today. Praise and worship was amazing. Wherever the band is, wherever you flitted off to, it was so amazing. And I was thinking of that passage that reminds us that God dwells in the praises of his people. And when Peter got up and, and gave that invitation, are you hearing the Lord in that very moment? Because, you know, I was like, I was getting, you know, Jesus bumps, goosebumps. In Hawaii, we used to call it chicken skin. I'm getting chicken skin. God is here. He's moving among us. And I thought, what a perfect time. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, that's not how we do it. You know, we do this, this, and this. And then the end of the sermon, we give the altar call. But God, every moment holy, every moment holy, when God is moving, grab hold. Do you need to recommit? Did you in that moment, did you recommit your heart and your life? Like, wait a minute, Lord, I forgot. And here I am, Lord. Receive me back. And of course, the Lord's arms are wide open. Is it a moment that somebody drug you here today because they're like, oh, there's these people from California and they talk weird and, you know, and all of a sudden you're in here, what's going on? But you felt God, that's him knocking on your heart. Open the door and let him in. That easy. So I just want to say this. Listen, this is our fifth meeting since we got here Friday afternoon. You guys are killing us. And not only that, I told our friends, Brian and Mary Spencer, are here from Harlow. They were the pastors of Gateway Freedom Church. Voila, there they are. They're very supportive. And I said to Mary, I'm like, Mary, I'm out of stuff to say. I don't got anything else. Follow Jesus. That's, that's the main point. But a lot of times, Tom and I are very well aware of the foolishness of preaching. We're very, very well aware that when we go to churches, you are being fed by great men and women of God. That you know the Word of God. I watch this church, the way you praise. It's like you got the artwork going on. You, I mean, the team is amazing. You, you, you're firing on all cylinders. People are allowed to come up and bring the words as they come. And you think, well, God, why are we here? You don't need us. This, this place is okay. Let's go. But I don't know what it is. Sometimes, you know, why did God send Paul to the Gentiles and Peter to the Jews? I don't know. But sometimes we just need to, you know, it's a little wake-up call. We bring a little salt. We bring a little salsa from our area, right, that just kind of makes you think again and wakes you up a bit. We're only saying what they tell you every day, every time you gather. But it's just to wake up again. I'm going to let pre Tom preach this morning because I have done a lot of, <laughs> I've been stealing a lot of moments. So, honey. This is your chance. If you don't come faster, because I got one fired up here. Right. Okay. If you need me. All right. Yeah, we've um, just enjoyed being with you guys and just love seeing what the Holy Spirit's doing. And even this morning with the words that have come and just what we're sensing in our hearts, I think this is a season of time that God is um, wanting our attention, all of us. I believe he's calling the church to awaken in um, just a new way. When I say a new way, it's old for him and new for us. You know, nothing new under the sun. You know, it's kind of like your kids. You know, when you, when you they, they come, have you heard about this new thing? You know, and yeah, we've been doing it forever. You know, but you know, <laughs> but for them, it's new. But uh, it, it is that understanding of of who the Lord is and what the Lord is, 
uh, in our lives and how we're supposed to be with him. And I think one of the things that uh, has really just been on my heart all week and long is this area of the Lord speaking. He wants a love relationship with us above everything else. In many ways, in many... Can you behave yourself? Thank you. You're not supposed to distract. Okay, no. Um, now, okay, no. Uh, over the years, we've, we've been distracted. Thank you. Uh, you know, by the things and the stuff that goes on in the kingdom of God. I was thinking about it what, back during, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, we were in Switzerland, <clears throat> and uh, we met this lady from Brazil, and she was, maybe you heard about it, she was the gold lady, you know, where she would go somewhere, and they, she'd come and preach, and she had amazing testimony, and then at the end of the, her testimony, she'd go, you want to see the gold? And that's why everybody came for, to see the gold. And she'd tip her head over, and whoosh, this gold would come out of her hair onto the Bible, and everybody's like, whoa, you know, freak out. And, you know, and I, you know, I thought, well, so I was at this pastor's, and, and he was saying, oh, you've got to come and meet the gold lady. And I thought, hmm. No, I'm not sure about this one, you know. I believe, but Lord, I don't know if I believe, you know, and this is how that was. And so uh, I had just flown in, and uh, I had slept through the first meeting because it was either home or at the meeting. I was going to sleep. And uh, so they brought me to the evening meeting, and I'm listening, and I mean, the place was packed with people. And as she shared her testimony, I mean, amazing testimony about how God had delivered her and saved her family. And then this miraculous thing was taking place. So then she gets up and I'm sitting in the, you know, in the second row watching with the, the host pastor. And she goes, and now do you want to see the gold? And everybody goes, yeah, yeah. So he brought up this huge family Bible and held it out. And she reached, reached her head over like that and just looked like this. And it was like somebody was pouring gold dust out of her hair onto the Bible. And I just went, you got my attention. I mean, it was like, you got to be kidding me. And I thought, you know, now I watched her. She had no tubes. She had short hair. And, you know, because I'm a believer. And uh, she she'd, she'd been in the meeting the whole time. I was sitting right in, in back. You know, she was in front of me, right in back of her. And just watch this whole thing. Well, then afterwards, the pastor's wife, the host pastor's wife said, oh, oh, come on up. you got to meet her. And she comes and says, you need to pray for Tom. They need gold in California. So she took my, the lady took my hand and put it in her head. And as soon as she did that, I was reaching for tubes. You know, I was, you know, I, I was just kind of doing it. And there was nothing there. And when I brought my hand down, it was covered with this dust, you know, all over the place. And it was like, whoa. Well, she was there for the week, and every night that we had meetings, people poured in. I mean, it was crazy. But there were, you know, here's what people were saying. You got to come see the gold lady. You got to come and see this. You won't believe this. And I mean, really, it was, I don't know how it happened, why it happened. I did have a little teaching about it later on. I was meeting with some leaders. Everybody going, what the heck? And then one guy said, well, says, I'm not sure if this is true, but if it isn't, it should be. Uh, but uh, we've, I've heard that in, in tradition, that if the bridegroom was delayed for the wedding for any reason, he would send a token of gold to let her know that he was still on his way. Uh, well, like I said, if it isn't true, it should be, we'll take it to the bank, you know, and just don't quote it as scripture. And, 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 and that's what happened. So, 
you know, it was just that's what took place and the week went on. And so anyway, time goes on. A couple of months goes by and Susie and I are actually back in Switzerland and we're doing this meeting out in another area over in Tune area. And um, we just start worshiping the Lord and talking about God. And we're just saying that, you know, listen, Jesus really wants us to understand that our, our encounter with him is not superficial, but it's actually something that is tangible and real that each and every one of us need to seek after in knowing him as our Lord and Savior. And then we, we kind of shared a little bit. We said, let me tell you about this meeting we went to. And I just told them the same story I just told you. And as we're sharing it, all of a sudden, the piano player screams out. And like, like I thought she was like a bomb gone off or something. She's, ah! And she stands up and she lifts her hands up. And from her fingertips to her elbows, she was like in glitter. And we're like, whoa. You know, now we didn't know. I mean, we didn't have the Brazilian gold lady, but that was pretty good. It showed up and that happened. And then everyone started looking around and on the floor and up the aisle and on the seats, there was like somebody had come in with a salt shaker of glitter and it was just all over the place. Nobody said a thing. We just all dropped to our knees, went, don't know what this means. Don't know why it's happening. Let's focus on Jesus. That was that. The next night was its next meeting, and the place was packed. I mean, full. And when the people came in, we were kind of looking around going, hmm. And so through the translator, they go, why are you all here tonight? They said, we heard that Jesus was here. They didn't say anything. They didn't even know about the gold. They said, we just heard that Jesus was here. And as we began to stand up and worship, people started getting healed in the meeting. And the gold actually didn't appear. It's just that they were getting healed. And then people came up and said, we want to meet Jesus. Okay. And so as that just continued, at the very end of the meeting, when people started to leave at the doorway, gold started to appear. I always like to rub it into the Swiss because they say, no, that's an Americanism. Doesn't happen here. Mm, did. Here we are. And, 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 you know, it's hard for them to argue that, you know, and, and, and that was it. And that truth is that Jesus, he chooses what to do. But here's the problem. And this is what happens to us. The gold becomes intoxicating. Now, I had, I used to carry a, a, a real Bible, you know, a cloth, you know, a paper, leather, you know, this, you know, that kind of thing. And so what the lady did for me, she dumped some of that gold in my Bible. And I would share this, you know, because I mean, this is kind of cool. I mean, I... I had never seen this before in my life. So I would all the church would go, you can't believe what happened to Switzerland. And everybody would come over and they'd touch my Bible because the gold was, you know, I got a little rim of it and they all wanted the gold. They didn't want my Bible. They just wanted the gold that was in the Bible. They thought they could sell it. I don't know, but it was, that, that was it. And that was all, and people were drawn to it. But, you know, I remember just remember just for a while there, it was just like showing up on the floor. It was just kind of crazy. But in that, as people are drawn to the exhibition, they lose, they begin to forget the purpose of why we're gathering. And then we get distracted, and it can be, you know, we begin to worship worship. You've ever seen that happen? We begin to worship the signs and the wonders and the powers. It's a wicked and deceitful generation that seeks after a sign. You ever wonder what that is? You know why that says that? It's because this is what happens. When we start taking our eyes off of the heart and the face of Jesus, 
then we are distracted by the stuff, then we lose the affection of our heart and we find ourselves going down rabbit trails that are not going to bring us to that place of fulfillment. But I believe the Lord is speaking to us and he's calling this to us very clearly in Songs of Songs, chapter two. Come away with me, my dear one. Come away with me. You want to read that? Have you ever read that scripture? I mean, there's a bunch of songs about it. But it says this, verse 10, it says, my beloved spoke and he said, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop for a moment because it says the rains are over, but they're coming. We know that. You know, understand the context of this. It says the rains are over and have gone and the flowers appear on the earth and the season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit and its blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beloved one, Come away with me. In in other translation, it just says that. Come away. Come away. Let me kiss you with the kisses of my mouth. Let me bring you to that secret place, that place that only lovers share. Let me impart to you the intimacy of who we are and what we are and what we're to discover in our love relationship. I don't want you to look at all the stuff. I want you to look at me. How many of you remember your wedding day? Yeah. How many of you were so happy on your wedding day with all the stuff you had to go through? Mm-hmm. How many of you were more excited to go away for your honeymoon? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the truth. What happens, sometimes we get so caught up in the ceremony. I mean, our wedding, it was like, you know, there was, you know, oh, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for coming. Let's get out of here. You know, and there was, you know, I did th- appreciate it. You know, leave your gift and go. You know, but this is... Uh, but we, you know, we wanted to be together. We wanted to be alone in that situation. That's an awkward time. You know, that honeymoon, they're not all that they're cracked up to be, just to let you know for those of you who aren't married, good thing to get the kids out. No, but uh, it, it, they're not everything they're cracked up to be because honestly, when you're first married, you're kind of nervous. You don't really know what you're doing. You know, what do you want to do? Well, whatever you want to do. You hungry? Well, if you are. You, know, yeah. you want to go to the movie? If you do. Because you're both too shy to say, let's go back to the room. You know, (laughs) true. But as you become familiar with each other and you learn how to love each other and you love you learn how to have that communication with you, then you understand that what happens, the communication doesn't always have to be verbal. How many of you men are familiar with the look? You know, Susie doesn't have to say much. She can look at me and oh, oh, I'm melting. You know, I, I, you know, I, you know I, I know the look. I know when she's happy. Even right now, I'm, I'm feeling warmth. You know, but I, I don't have to hear it twice. I know her voice. I know her. I, you know, I understand when she says she doesn't want to do something that she really does want to do something. Well, whatever you think, if you ever want to talk again, you better not. You know, that kind of an idea. I can perceive that. And in the same way, you know, Paul tells us that when he's speaking of marriage, he speaks of Christ in his church. And in that, I believe the Lord wants to depict for us a love story that isn't, isn't distracting. It isn't all the stuff that we do that bring about the fulfillment of a love relationship. You know where it is? It's in the kiss. And he says, let him kiss me 
with the kisses of his mouth. Now, just to clarify, that ain't kissing your sister. He's talking about an intimate exchange of love, an intimate exchange of emotion. And he's saying this, church, I never created you to be in a superficial relationship. I've called you to be in a place of intimacy with me that you can taste and see that I am good. And I want you to come away from me and I want you to leave all the hoopla. I want you to leave all the programs. I want you to leave all the formulas and I want you to let love awaken. Now, I think this is the issue. Like in, in Songs of Song, uh, Songs chapter three, it says, do not waken love before it's time. Well, guess what? Wake up! I think it's time. I believe the Lord is causing the church to wake up like it's never woken up before. We've come out of a time of purging. We've come out of a time of change. So many things that we've been going through and so many transitions that have been forced upon us. Nobody voted for COVID. You know what I mean? It just, here it is, here we are. And as we've come out on the other side of this situation, there's a new awakening. I don't want to go back and do what we used to do. Let love awaken. You know, we were just talking before service and last night that we are, we're hungry to see people come into the house of the Lord and find the deliverance of God. Not because, well, today we're having our deliverance message, right? No, because the presence of God is here. When people came into Jesus and they walked to him on the streets, what happened? Jesus, oh, oh that's the deliverance time. We're going to do that next Sunday on that hill over there. No, he just walked on the streets and people, the demons left. True? Whatever the need is, whenever they came in contact with Jesus, that need was satisfied. Correct? Is that right? So in the same breath, we're supposed to represent Jesus on planet Earth as he represented the Father on planet Earth, right? So when we gather here, what are we supposed to see? The purposes of God. We don't come for the signs and wonders. We live the signs and wonders. We don't have to perform the signs and wonders. They are the natural expression of love. You know what? Just like when a husband and wife get married, they love each other. Surprise, children. I will talk later if you don't know, but that's how that works, all right? And as the children come, what are they? They are the product of the love relationship. They are a product of the interaction of two beings. True? And in the same way, the Lord's saying, come on, guys. I got news for you, church. The Lord isn't satisfied with us being in an eternal engagement or fiancé situation. He's looking for the bride. And then once he finds the bride, he wants to merge himself with the bride. And in that, the end results that he'll have a bride and he'll have a child that looks like him. Behold the church. Do you understand that? We can't clone our existence. We have to be intimate with him and birth our existence in him. I think that's really an important point. Because I think right now, a lot of times, we look to bring in outside elements to be, you know, what, what do they call that? Designer babies, yeah? You know, where we don't, well, you know, I want to be this tall, I want to be that short, I want to be really good looking, got to be, you know, smart, you know, musical, you know, an athlete, you know, and 
Uh, you know, you, by the time you're done, Superman is born, you know, and, and this is how that works. But in that, you know, we, we don't do that. But love, that child should look like, should be a love child. That when we see that baby coming in, into our presence, that we actually see that manifestation of God. True? But what has to happen in this is that we need to pursue him. You know, in Songs of Songs, chapter 3, one of my favorite things to share on, it says, all night long, I looked for the one my heart loved on my bed. I could not find him, so I decided to get up and go look for him in the streets. Excellent point. I mean, really a strong thing here. First of all, how many of you know the Bible's full of miracles? This is one of them. I want to know this. All night long, I looked for the one my heart loved on my bed. How big is this bed? I, I, you, know, I, you know, where is this guy? You know, he's looking for everybody. can't find him. But this is a huge bed because she she's looking all night and can't find him. So finally, what she decides, and listen carefully because this is us right now. Right then, she says, you know what? That's it. I am not going to go to bed frustrated one more time. I'm going to find this guy and find out what he's doing and what he's up to, and I'm going to get him. Where is he? This could be threatening. Okay, but this is it. Do you understand that many times in our walk with the Lord, and think about it, even during COVID, and even when we come to church on a daily, weekly basis, it's this situation. Oh, I need healing. Oh, I need deliverance. Oh, I need something from God. Oh, it didn't happen on Sunday morning. I'll just pull up the covers, go to sleep, maybe next Sunday. Maybe next event, maybe next guest speaker, maybe next project. But this woman said, no, I want to find the one my heart loves. And as you read that scripture all the way through Psalms, uh, Songs of Songs chapter 3, it says, so I looked for the one my heart loved. And she refers to it over and over again as my heart loves. Not, not the one my body craved. Not the one that I lusted for. Not the one that I needed. I went to look for the one my heart loves. Many times we're looking for the gold. Many times we're looking for the signs and wonders. Many times we're looking for the phenomena. Or we're looking to get out of jail free. Most people will seek God and give God everything he wants in the middle of a crisis. Soon as the crisis is over, what do we do? Woo! Thank you, God. See you next crisis. And we move on. And we forget the commitments. We, for, we forget the relationship. And it's just like a bad marriage. You know, what, what, why are you mad at me? I told you I loved you at the altar. What do you want? You know, in, in, in this kind of that situation. You know, or, oh, look what time it is. It's time for our kiss. You know, and, and that's not true passion, is it? That's, you know, who wants a kiss well, I, probably you'll take a kiss any way you can get it. But truthfully, you know, you don't want a kiss that's regimentated. You want a kiss that's spontaneous, true, that comes from the affection of our heart. And this is what takes place. So she says she gets up and she begins to go in the streets to look for the one her heart loves. She looks for him in the alleyways and the street squares, everywhere around, and she can't find them. But then it says a little bit farther down, says, I found the watchman. Now, to us, the watchman represent a prophetic statement. He says, I, I, I found the watchman, and I said to them, have you seen the one my heart loves? Now, we don't know what they say, but it says, scarcely had I left them. 
that I found the one my heart loved. I grabbed hold of him and I wouldn't let him go. And she must have been pretty ticked because he says that I took him to my mom's house, you know, and that was that, you know. And you know how he felt about the mother-in-law. So that was that. What is it that's pending in our lives? Are we willing to get up and get out of bed, get out of our warm and comfortable zone? Are we willing to pursue our heart? Are we willing to pursue that love and to look for the situation to be fulfilled? And then what the watchmen represent for you and I today is simply this. What has God spoken to you on a better day? Every one of you here, I'm sure of it, have a pending word from God. Every one of you have something that's been spoken over your life that you have not seen fulfilled by the power of the Holy Spirit. The question is, how long will we lay in bed and pull up the covers and say, well, maybe next Christmas? Or will we rise up and say, enough is enough. I'm not going to go to bed frustrated one more time. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pursue the one my heart loves. I'm going to find him and I'm going to grab hold and I'm not going to let go. Even when the crisis passes, I'm going to grab hold and I'm not going to let go. I was talking about this one time and I, I always kid about the mother-in-law thing because I think, wow, she must have been really mad. And then somebody said, oh, you know what that means? It says, it says he, I took him back to my mother's house, the very place where I was conceived. In other words, where God knew her first. So I want you to know that even in the midst of your circumstances, whatever you've gone through, whatever transition there's been, whatever hardship, whatever joy, it doesn't matter. God knows who you are, sees where you're at, and he wants to speak completion to your life since birth. And he wants to bring that place of liberty for you and I. Now listen, how many of you believe this church has purpose? You don't sound very convinced. <laughs> Just saying, boys. You know, no, come on. How many of you think this church has purpose? Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's someplace it's like worth investing into? Yeah. yeah. Do you think it should just be a nice church? I wish you got one right across the street here. I saw we walked by two earlier. You know, what's going to be the difference? We're not in competition. We're not handing out gold. We're going to bring a Brazilian lady next week. No. But we want people to come into the manifest presence of Jesus when they walk into this room. And the only way that's going to happen is that you have that encounter with the manifest presence of God. And do you see that's his, that's his heart for you? That he wants to grab hold of you and not let go? Do you understand that he wants to take you to the secret room? That he wants to whisper in your ear things that only lovers share? Do you know he wants to speak healing to you and restoration and remove those oppressions out of your life and take away the nightmares and give you a good night's sleep with peace? You know that's what Jesus wants to do for you? Yeah, he does. He sees you and he doesn't want you to go to bed frustrated one more time. Do you understand that he wants to come and bring an anointing of oil that will take away the friction in your heart. The things that, you know, we, we, we say we're believers, but we're constantly wringing our hands saying, come on, God, please show up. This isn't the 11th hour. This is the redeeming hour that God wants to come and bring restoration and healing to you. No more anxiety. 
No more stress. You know, most people wake up in the morning, you know, you're, we're supposed to, you know, say, good morning, God, but most of us wake up and say, good God, it's morning. And, and, and we, we deal with that all the time. The Lord wants to give you back good morning. He doesn't want you to start your day worn out. He wants to demonstrate himself faithful. So the gold that appears in the room is you. So when people come, we should go to that church. Because when you walk in there, these guys are sparkly. They have something of God. That doesn't mean you're never going to have another day of trouble. That isn't true. You know, it's part of the, it's the 10th gift of the Spirit, trouble. You know, but it, it is, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to just, you know, pie in the sky, la la land. But I'll tell you that you'll have the answer to get through everything that comes your way. And the Lord wants to bring that. I believe this is your manifest destiny. I believe this is the promise. I don't think it's a form. I don't think it's an organization. I don't think it's a program. I'll tell you what I think it is. It's individuals grabbing hold to Jesus and not letting go. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come now. Take away the fear. Take away the insecurity. Take away the stress and the broken heart. Come, Lord Jesus. Bring physical healing in the house right now. Come, Lord. And Lord, bring deliverance. We're okay with that. Bring deliverance. Set this captive free. Take away those mind-binding spirits and those tortures, those emotions that have driven us crazy. Break them off of us right now in Jesus' name. He that the Son has set free is free in every single aspect indeed. Come, Lord, and wash over me and bring liberty. Church, don't you dare pull up the covers and go to sleep one more time. Get up. Get out of bed. Let the presence of God come and bring freedom. Do you feel that? Can, can you sense it right now? Yeah. Maybe the band could come back up. Or maybe not. Okay, no. <laughs> and let's just, um, let's allow that wind of the Holy Spirit to come right now. Let's allow that freshness of his spirit to come right now. Mm. I'll move that out of your way. You want to share something? Somebody write this down. <laughs> On this day. That's right. <laughs> See, even the equipment's getting power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> They're falling down. Let's, um, let's just close our eyes for a moment. Look inside, church. You know, because we get to do what we do and travel around and see what's going on, I always like to tell people, yeah, well, we, we've just come from the home office and we have information from the king. He says, I love you. He says, I love you. Doesn't matter what your past is. Doesn't matter what you've been through. 
He doesn't care good or bad. He's not impressed with your achievements. He's not impressed with your failures. But he loves you. And he's inviting you to come away with him. Come away, my darling. Come away with me. Come away with me that I might whisper things in your ear to tell you the truth about your deliverance. Thank you, Lord, that you're not leaving us like you found us. But you're offering us, even this morning, deliverance. You know, this morning, if you're here by any chance and you haven't met the Lord, shoot, this is the best day to get born again. To ask Jesus into your heart and say, man, I want to know this living God. I want to know that I know that I know that I know that he's the savior of the world. And here's the doctrine on that. If you don't know that you know that you know that you know, then you don't know. And you need to know. See, it's easy. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died on the cross, that you did it for me and you rose from the dead that I might be one with you. Come into my life. I open the door. Come in and be my Lord and Savior. He'll do it. He'll do it. Hey, hey. Father, I pray that you would just wash over us right now. Come against that spirit of rejection right now. Guys, don't take it home. They have a great cleaning crew here. They'll wipe it up later. Leave your, leave your issues on the floor. Drop them right now. I break that rejection in Jesus' name. Fear the future. We cut you off right now in Jesus' name. That spirit of condemnation in the name of Jesus, we break your accusations right now and we declare victory, cleanliness, and freedom for the future in Jesus' name. to Jesus right now. Yeah. This is a time for lovers. This is a time for lovers. Speak to him and let him whisper back to you. Hey, hey, hey.
just as the Lord's moving around the room, we're just watching right now. It's okay. Don't worry about the tears. Don't worry about anything else. Just relax and let Jesus love you right now. Enough is enough. Make that declaration. Yeah. Today's the last day of that stuff. And today is the beginning of walking in the newness of life in Jesus' name. I want all. I want, I, I want a good marriage. I want a good relationship. I don't want some dry form. I want something that's alive, life-producing, healing, delivering, that draws others and makes them jealous for that love relationship, inspires them to pursue the one their heart loves. Come, Holy Spirit. with you this morning. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we're not going to be sick and tired anymore. We choose to cling to you. We choose to pursue you. Not for the stuff, but for you. For you. You alone. heart pants after you. We're thirsty. 